Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Shalina, and today we're going to be discussing the most important thing you can do for your health, which is prioritizing quality sleep. Um, so first and foremost, I want to discuss what exactly sleep is because surprisingly, a lot of people don't really know what the function of sleep does. And I think that's why we have this culture in our society, not so much anymore as it was, I would say a few years ago, or, you know, probably like a decade ago or more, um, is this idea that we need to give into this, you know, grind mode and no sleep and, you know, not prioritizing sleep and, you know, pulling all nighters. Um, I know like when I was in college and in law school, I remember in college, it was kind of very common for students to be pulling all nighters. I didn't really feel like that in high school because my school, I feel like they kind of, <laughs> I went to a private Christian school and it wasn't like, um, you know, I didn't really feel like they, I didn't really feel like I had to like kill myself studying. Um, I kind of feel like they spoon fed a lot of the things to us, but in college I did kind of feel this pressure to kind of pull all nighters, but I didn't really end up finding myself pulling much all nighters and if ever, but when I was in law school, I would find myself studying till like two, three in the morning, like willingly like wanting to study that late like being so um energized by studying because i really do love law and i love studying law and i love um you know coming up with different arguments and theories etc so like i was just super energized and i find that in my life there are moments and there are things in my life that really do energize me at certain times of the day. Like it could be any time of the day and I'll still be energized by it. Like music, for example, like it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. If you tell me we're going to like a concert or a festival or whatever, like I'm there. Or if there's music playing and whatever, like I love to dance, I love music. So for me, like that energizes me. So it doesn't, like I would, I would sacrifice sleep for things like that. But I shouldn't, you know, and I think a lot of us, especially in our society, we do um, sacrifice our sleep for other things. And again, going back to that, you know, grind culture that our society pushes on us, I don't think that it's beneficial for us in the long run to be sacrificing sleep. I think we think, oh, when we're young, it's not a big deal. But like, we don't realize that our brains are still developing when we're young, like up until the age of 25, um, around that age, that's when our brains um, don't even become fully developed yet. So like there's a lot of different layers to what sleep does for our body. Um, it essentially is, it is essential to our survival in the same way that food and water is. And without quality sleep, you know, we'll be unable to learn, we'll be unable to create new memories. Um, and it does become very difficult to concentrate or respond quickly to situations. Um, I do believe that a lot of like traffic incidents or, you know, crimes even like just ran, like uh, I would say more negligent actions are somehow linked or could be linked to sleep deprivation or sleep disorder or sleep inertia, um, that feeling of being feeling groggy or lazy um, or really just, you know, not fully awake. And then, you know, that's why people have mood swings, etc. cetera. Um, and so I just think that when it comes to poor sleep, 
we don't realize how much of an effect it has on our body. And um, according to the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, sleep is important to a number of brain functions, including how nerve cells, which are our neurons, communicate with each other. Um, the brain and body stay remarkably active while we are asleep. And there are recent findings suggesting that sleep plays a housekeeping role that removes toxins in our brains that build up while we are awake. So I've, you know, learned about how when we're sleeping, our brain kind of like processes like our emotions from the day or events that had happened or situations you were in your, like subconsciously, your brain is processing everything that happened or everything you witnessed or everything you um, experienced. And it's also like eliminating stuff. So like memories that it feels like it's not important or events that occurred or situations or things you read or saw you know, you kind of, it, your, some parts of your brain, it kind of discards that. Like, it's not important. It's not important because your brain is always trying to filter out things that it doesn't need. So when you're sleeping, your body is essentially like detoxifying or like removing, you know, toxins that are in your brain and body. Um, and sleep does affect almost every tissue and system within our body, such as our brain, our heart, um, our lungs, um, our metabolism, our immune f- uh, function, mood, and disease resistance. So when we have a poor quality sleep or we are chronically lacking sleep, this increases the risk of getting high blood pressure, cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, um, cognitive issues such as memory and recall issues, um, high probability of getting depression, anxiety, um, and obesity. So a lot of this information isn't like new information of what I'm saying, but it should like reinforce the listener to kind of like, oh yeah, you know, not sleeping well could be attributed or correlated or linked to other areas of my life or other aspects of my health that I've neglected or, um, you know, indirectly neglected. And now my, you know, I'm having to deal with all these other health complications, you know, for example, like, and I'll discuss in a little bit, you know, how food is directly related or, um, somehow linked to, um, poor sleep, or it can be the opposite where you do get good uh, nutrients in your food, um, from food that you sleep better, or, you know, you, you have a better quality sleep. Um, and there are different stages of sleep and there are two basic types of sleep that we all have somewhat or another have heard of, which is REM sleep, REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement and non-REM sleep, which actually has three different stages. So we cycle through all stages of non-REM and REM sleep several times during the night, but longer, deeper REM periods occur toward the morning time. So like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're feeling like, oh, you were in this intense dream and then, you know, you had to wake up to go to the bathroom So and you feel kind of groggy, you're likely in REM sleep, you know, because you do have those um, more vivid or intense dreams towards the morning part where people sometimes think, oh, I have my dreams in the middle of the night, which you do, but sometimes those more intense dreams are towards the morning because you are in REM sleep during that stage of your sleep cycle. And... <clears throat> So REM actually first occurs about 90 minutes after you fall asleep. And this is where, like I was saying earlier, this is where most of your dreaming occurs. And interestingly enough, when I was doing some research, I found that our arms and leg muscles actually become temporarily paralyzed, which is to prevent us from acting out our dreams. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting because I have 
uh, looked into sleep paralysis, which I also think there's like a spiritual thing going on there that like is connected with demons and that's a whole other different discussion. Um, but sleep paralysis, I thought, well, could that be the same thing? Um, not necessarily because usually when you're sleeping, you, you kind of, I'm sure when you are in a really deep sleep and say you got jolted to being awake, you kind of do feel that like not paralyzed feeling, but like very like weighed down feeling. So you're kind of likely in that phase of sleeping. Um, and then the greatest influence on our sleep wake needs is our exposure to light. And if you have heard of Andrew Huberman, um, he ha he's the host of Huberman Lab podcast, and he's like a Stanford professor. He's a neuroscientist, brilliant, brilliant man. And he emphasized getting natural sunlight into your eyes first thing when you wake up in the morning to help set your sleep-wake cycle. And I thought it was really cool because now I'm actually seeing a bunch of articles, like even Vogue um, like spoke about this, about him uh, speaking about this. And it's really just fascinating and it's really great because like sometimes when you wake up in the morning the last thing you really want to do is like get the light in your eyes but it's a great way to set your sleep wake cycle so like stepping out in the sunlight or open obviously open up your blinds but he even says like the window could be a blocking like it could be blocking you getting the natural sunlight into your eyes so he says it's better to go outside to get that natural light and even if like you're in a clouded area he says you should still go outside and get sunlight because you're still going to get the uv rays you're still going to get the sunlight somehow you know um but yeah, I noticed that. I don't know if I really notice a big difference in my sleeping based off of that alone, but apparently it does really help. So I do notice that I, it wakes me up and it likes, I can feel like my body kind of waking up when I get sunlight into my eyes. Sometimes I'll just like open the window and like there's a screen there, but like I'm getting the sun into my eyes. Um, but yeah, it is better. And I kind of notice like my mood and my overall feeling, um, just I just feel better like when I step outside in the morning even if it's like cold or if it's rainy or something like just even opening the window just trying to getting that fresh air in um I think that's really good just for your overall like health um but yeah so he's again if you want to know uh, more about that natural sunlight into your eyes uh definitely listen to the Huberman Lab podcast because Andrew Huberman is brilliant um so the next thing I wanted to discuss was sleep inertia and according to the CDC, sleep inertia is a temporary disorientation and decline in performance and or mood immediately after waking from sleep. So I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, have felt this at some point in our lives. It would be weird if you had not felt this feeling. Um, but this is the most common uh, problem I think occurs with people today is that we you know, especially when we have our technology so easily, you know, in our hands and people, you know, watch TV in bed or on their phones in bed, it, that stuff can also affect the way you um, sleep, like your quality sleep. And it does have an effect even in the morning, but sometimes you can get like really good quality sleep. And at the same time, you could still wake up and have this issue where you feel groggy. And I am a victim of that. I feel like today I slept like six hours, like solid. And then like I woke up, but I was still feeling groggy. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like I felt like I got good sleep, but I was still feeling groggy and kind of like a little bit, not like fully disoriented, but just like I would much rather go back into bed and sleep, but, and, and when I can do that, I do, because I notice if I do try to go back to sleep for like even an hour or two and I wake up, I do feel more refreshed. So 
if you can do that, I mean, from my own experience, it's made me feel better. But some people don't have that freedom or luxury to like sleep in or, you know, they, you know, they have a long commute or whatever. So like they don't have that option. And that's when they, people reach for caffeine. That's where people, you know, um, feel like taking some sort of stimulant to wake them up is like the best thing. And it can be, but even just simply something is like washing your face, like brushing your teeth, washing your face or taking a shower, getting sunlight in, getting even you don't, if you don't have um, sunlight, then just putting on a bunch of bright lights, it wakes you up, you know, and then within 30 to 60 minutes is usually when that period kind of goes away. And then it says rarely sometimes that feeling will last up to two hours. And sometimes you'll feel it like later on in the day. And so like for me, like I don't drink coffee, um, but I do drink like green tea or matcha tea. And I, I love my matcha green tea. I get it from Whole Foods and it's really good. And I make it with oat milk from Trader Joe's. So it's just like, it's just oats. The oat milk is just oats and water. And I put 100% maple syrup and I put my matcha and it's just, it's just so soothing and comforting. And yes, I feel a little bit more awake, but it's not like a crazy caffeine kind of buzz. It's not like intense. Um, But I definitely, I mean, coffee in general should be limited. And then also like when you're like trying to get a good night's sleep and um, Andrew Huberman also emphasizes this as well as other people that are experts in sleep is that you should limit your caffeine consumption, especially in the afternoon. Like ideally don't have caffeine after 12 if you're trying to like better your sleep. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people want that afternoon um, like jolt so they can wake up. And that's usually when people have like their cup of coffee or they're like reach for a donut or a cookie. And that's not always the best option either, but it does, you know, give you some sort of energy but if you're trying to work on your sleep like best thing is to try to avoid that drink some water do some stretching I would even say go for like a little walk if you can or if you can even exercise somehow like I've noticed that when I feel really tired in the morning but if I like do a workout especially if I do some cardio I feel so much better like I can feel the blood like pumping through like if I'm feeling groggy like I don't feel groggy anymore it's like my caffeine boost that I I love to reach for in the morning it's getting a good workout and sweating like you just I don't know what it is but it's like it just I always feel better after a workout so I didn't do a workout today it's pretty cold and it's pretty windy and I just you know I was feeling a bit lazy and I did a long run yesterday so I was like I'm trying not to like overwork my body but I do notice when I work out especially I sleep way better that night. Um, so working out, if you can do it early in the morning, I suggest doing that because you will feel better. Um, if not, some point throughout the day. But they also say don't work out about two to three hours before bedtime, just like you shouldn't eat two to three hours before bedtime. Uh, but if you can do that, I would definitely say get a workout in 20, 30 minutes. Even if you can just do light walking, get your body moving, stretch, It will. you'll feel better and you'll also have a better sleep that evening um so yeah back to sleep inertia you know basically it's you know caused by an abrupt disruption of sleep you know they've also some sleep researchers have hypothesized that it is a protective mechanism that helps maintain sleep during moments of waking up when you don't want to Um, additionally some research suggests that sleep inertia is caused by an increase in delta waves which is also known as slow waves so these waves are most commonly most commonly seen in the non-rem stage of sleep 
And these waves are more likely to increase after periods of sleep deprivation or loss. So sleep inertia may occur when the brain has not yet reduced delta waves for, for preparing um, to prepare for waking up. And yeah, so my next thing I wanted to discuss was how food affects sleep. Um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, and according to the Sleep Foundation, there was growing evidence suggesting that sufficient nutrient consumption is important for sleep. There was one large study done that found a lack of key nutrients such as calcium, magnesium, and vitamins A, C, D, E, and K to be associated with sleep problems. Um, and for me personally, I found that my sleep has improved since I've become plant-based. Plant-based foods, especially those that are um, whole foods, they do provide a lot of the necessary nutrients and vitamins that our bodies need. So I don't take any supplements other than nutritional yeast, which is to get my B12, because I know um, I'm getting all my nutrients from the foods I eat. And B12 is deficient in um, plant-based foods. It's very um, efficient, or what's what's the word? It's very prominent, I would say, in dairy and meat products. Um, and I so like I do eat. I however like I notice before I go to bed, if I don't eat a good amount of food, um, I notice that I fall asleep quicker, but then I will wake up two or three hours later and then I can't go to sleep for another two to three hours. And that's not good. And then there are nights like last night where I felt like I ate great. You know, I was a bit full and I know they say you should eat until you're 80% full, but I was a bit full because I kind of knew I'm like, okay, I knew I was, I woke up in the middle of the night the other night and when I woke up, within like 30 minutes, I started to get really hungry. And I was like, I just knew I should have eaten a little more. And I didn't eat a little more. Um, so I noticed that when I do eat a good amount of food before bed, I sleep better. It may take me a little bit more time to fall asleep. Like I'll actually sleep like an hour later. Like I'll, you know, do my nightly routine or whatever. And like I'll, you know, read something and then I'll sleep an hour later than I would have. But then I stay asleep longer. So I'll sleep for like, you know, solid five, six hours. But that's again, f how food affects me personally. Everyone's different. That's, how, that's what works for me. Um, and, you know, Insufficient sleep has been linked with an increased risk of obesity and greater waist circumference due to the fact that people who do not get enough sleep, they are more likely to increase their food consumption and at the same time burn off less energy. So when you're tired, you will likely pick for high calorie foods that don't have good nutritional benefits and they actually put you at a greater risk of weight gain. Um, the next thing I want to discuss was how to form good sleep hygiene habits because it is so important to have good sleep um, habits, especially before you go to bed, you know, just setting even like the tone in your bedroom. Like for me, like I don't like bright lights in my, um, my bedroom. I, if I can avoid putting like the main light on, I will, and I'll just put like my nightlife nightlight on or like my closet light on. Cause I don't like bright lights. It actually does hurt my eyes. Um, like I, the glare just is too much. Like even on my phone, like my brightness is always super low because it, it really does hurt my eyes. Like, I don't know. I mean, I did have LASIK done like over 10 years ago, but I, it's just like, it's too, like it's intense and it's, I'm okay with putting it lower because I know that high light does increase, um, especially the blue light from your phone. It does interrupt your sleep. So I'm okay with always having it low, but you know, not being on your phone before bed is a huge thing that even I need to work on. 
like I've been trying not to like use my phone when I'm in bed like even if I'm just scrolling or reading something because sometimes I'll read like a bunch of like news articles or health articles or fitness articles before bed and it really does like not like I'll literally fall asleep while reading then there's times where now I'm like you know what I need to do that like somewhere like if I'm sitting on a chair or something not on my bed like I'm trying to build that habit but you know it's going to take a little bit of time but I would say that like another main thing for um you know creating a good sleep hygiene habit is well first and foremost you need to have a good mattress and I learned that in the last couple of years or the last year I would say because I was getting like major back pain in my mattress I didn't even realize how old it was you know because you're so used to it and you're like I don't know I've had this for so long and it's been fine some days and some days you know it's whatever but I felt like I was like sinking into my mattress and so I'm like I need to get a new mattress so I finally got a new mattress last year and I I got the one that was like the most common you know most popular one and it was like a luxury firm like uh, feel but I knew the second I sat on it I'm like this isn't this is too soft but I like luckily I had like a one-year warranty where if I needed to like change the the um you know the firmness of it I could do that so I really did try for like a whole year I really tried I was like no let me just try this you know it seems to be the most popular thing, but it didn't work for me. I knew from the minute I like, I touched it and sat on it and laid on it, I'm like, my back is gonna kill. Like, I can't do this. And it did, it made my, my back pain way worse. Like I was really struggling. I would, you know, I mean, I could barely sleep on my back or my, my side, it was just painful. So I finally switched the firmness and I'm sleeping a lot better and I can feel like the support. So you really need that support because you do spend a lot of time. They say like a third of your life in your bed. So you do need a good mattress. That was like the best thing that I did for myself. Um, But yeah, like I said, low lights is great. You know, I always brush my teeth. You got to floss. You got to like, you know, do your skincare, wash your face, you know, really get into like this habit of like your body kind of knowing it's time for bed and then um i've been writing in a gratitude journal every night i there's been definitely days where i've skipped like you know missed days but i try to do every single night um one little page you know it takes me about 10 minutes i've timed myself just so you know whenever i have those days where i'm like i don't want to do it i don't want to write or i don't want to do this i'm like okay so it takes 10 minutes just do 10 minutes you know and it's great because it makes you feel more grateful about life and i start to seek out more gratitude in my life and then i also um have uh, devotional books that you know, friends of mine have given me. So I read like a devotional every day. I read one in the morning, I read one at one at night. And then, you know, I also have like the Bible app on my phone. So I'll do like, either I'll read a chapter, which I should be better. I was doing it for a year. I read every single day for a year, like a chapter. And I finished all of the New Testament. I read a lot of the New Testament, like, like the, especially the gospels, I read them over. And then I read the, I'm in the middle of the Old Testament. And Old Testament's a little bit difficult to get through sometimes, I'm not going to lie, but it's getting easier, especially now with all the cool stories, and um, it's really just become way more fascinating, especially when I listen to sermons and stuff. I'm kind of going a little bit off track, but what I'm trying to say is I would read that before bed. I read it, read a chapter before bed, and then, um, you know, that would help me sleep, and then also I would do light stretching, 
or I do like um, foam rolling that has really helped as well, especially because I run and I, uh, you know, your joints, your muscles really tighten. So I love to do foam rolling, stretching, deep breathing. Um, and then I also, um, you know, like I said earlier, I do read before bed and then also writing out a to-do list. I've noticed that like writing it out on my phone or like writing it in my calendar book that I have of like just going through everything I need to do for the next day, like whatever it is, like if I have to do this or do that, it helps me like have a plan. And then I also like to set out like my clothes for the next day. Like if I'm working out, I'll have my workout clothes, like my shoes ready. I'll have my um, you know, everything I need for after I shower, like my clothes that I'm going to wear. And then, um, yeah, like that has really reduced the time in the morning instead of me, like looking at my closet and just trying to figure out like what to wear. I and if I, some, and sometimes I kind of change my plan in the morning, but it's good to just have that for the day before. And it really does make a huge difference in your day. And then, you know, I'd like to also sleep with an eye mask. I think that is important or if you have blackout curtains because I don't like any light and I don't like any sound I want it like dark and silent when I sleep I really do but they'd say that that's actually really important that you have that sort of environment I was reading an article the other day that says like you should make your bedroom like a cave because like that's like in the older days like we would sleep you know in caves like I'm sure a lot of people in the world still do but like our ancestors, like they would sleep in that kind of environment, which is cool, but dark. So creating that kind of cave environment. And then, especially since it's been really cold lately, I have been wearing socks to bed. And I was reading an article that, um, again, the other day where it was talking about like people that wear socks to bed are like psychopaths because it's so crazy. Like, why would you wear socks to bed? But for me, like I really do run cold, especially when it gets cold. So like my feet and my hands start freezing. And so I notice that when I wear socks, like I'll usually sometimes take them off during the nighttime because I'll get too hot, but it does like bring my body temperature down. They say it's like the same way, like after you take a bath in the nighttime, your body temperature drops. It's kind of the same thing where you're, you're instead of like your body trying to overcompensate, trying to keep warm because your feet are freezing, your, your body's essentially like kind of just regulating itself and cooling down, you know, in a calmer way where you can fall asleep easier. And lastly, I pray. I try to pray. I always try to remember to pray. Sometimes I forget. And, you know, give thanks to God and then just go to sleep. And I know this is really, really long, but it's really important because I feel like these little steps that we take in our day and our nighttime uh, routines, they do have an effect on our sleep. And we need to just be more aware of what we're doing and you know what we need to change and what we need to replace or fix or rearrange in our you know daily schedules to have a better quality sleep because again it is a single most important thing you can do for your health and since I've prioritized it I feel better I you know appreciate my body a lot more and my brain a lot more and I think that sleep needs to be discussed way more than it used to be and I know it is being discussed a lot more especially like all the bunch of articles I've been reading I'm even on some like newsletters and it always talks about how they want to prioritize sleep and I'm really glad that like this new generation is prioritizing that because being you know prioritizing sleep is not associated with being lazy it's associated with amazing health benefits and 
I love to sleep and I love, you know, what it does for me. And I hope that this has helped you gain some tips or ideas on how you can better your sleep if you're suffering with that. And if this was helpful in any way, please feel free to share this with a friend. Thank you so much for joining me and I will see you at the next one.